0: the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. In the next hour, Dr. Pat showcases some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Get ready to live life full
1: out. Here's your
0: host, Dr. Pat Basile.
1: Welcome, everyone. I want to welcome you to the Dr. Pat Show. This is talk radio to thrive by what a really cool series we're doing this week, getting ready for the holidays. We've launched our holiday gift page. Um, so many of the people that are associated with the Dr. Pat Show have contributed gifts and discounts. Yesterday, we had Sharon Roy contribute free 45-minute uh emotional healing breakthrough sessions. So we're just warming up. It's a holiday season that just keeps giving. And today, today's show... Is about more of that. You know, when we think about our lives and our health and, and what it means for us to live life full out, you know, you can have all the money in the world, but if your health is failing you, if, if you can't bring that joy of feeling well physically, emotionally, and spiritually, then what is your life really about? And so today, Susan Weed is joining us here today because we're talking about wise woman tradition with author and herb health expert, Susan Weed. And the reason we're doing that is this is part of our health series. We've done several shows this week already that address the issues later on. Today, Dr. Nusheen Darvish will be talking with us about, you know, the heart and how important it is to nurture and take care of that amazing part of our bodies. But today we're going to be experiencing what it's like what it's like to live in a world where you can live free of disease. And, by the way, if you get caught up in some of this, we've got some incredible solutions for you. Susan Weed is here joining us here today. She's contributing to the Relish International Encyclopedia of Women's Studies. She's the author of four highly acclaimed herbal medicine handbooks. And today's show is about what it is we need to learn, why we need to learn it, and why this amazing woman has been at the forefront of herbal renaissance for 35 years. So she's joining us here today so that all of us can get a sense of what we can do now, what are the stressors, and what have we learned from wise woman tradition. Susan, thank you for joining us. Welcome to the show.
2: Green blessings. I'm so happy to be with you, Dr. Pat. Thank you for the opportunity.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. I want to start out with a different question uh before we get into some of these traditions because I think it's all over the headlines and I wanted to ask your opinion about healing. We have spent an enormous amount of time politically debating about healthcare, healthcare reform. Um, you know, now the debate is whether or not people uh, uh you know, should get Medicare, Medicaid. I mean, honestly, what is the fuss all about? What do you believe is happening? Because you're a woman that's been in the healing field for, what did I say, 35 years plus. Uh,
2: yeah, actually over 40 at this point. At
1: 40 at this point. Well,
2: I'll tell you, How we're not really engaged this? in any debate about health care. Mm-hmm. We're engaged in a debate about health insurance.
1: Big difference.
2: There's a very big difference between insurance and care. And unfortunately, insurance has really decimated health care in this country. It's very rare that I talk to any medical professional who says they're doing health care anymore. They say they're doing insurance care. Some of the finest MDs that I know no longer practice because they were sued by somebody for something probably both you and I would consider trivial. Mm. And they simply can't afford the insurance premiums anymore to continue to practice. Even if they win the suit, um, their insurance premiums still go up. And, of course, it costs them thousands of dollars, sometimes tens of thousands of dollars to uh, actively engage in these suits. So I'm not saying that we shouldn't have, you know, legal recourse. Sometimes mistakes are made and we definitely need that. But just to give you an example of what I'm talking about, Dr. Tirona Clar Lodog, Native American MD, who works at the University of Arizona in Tucson and actually trains other MDs in integrative medicine, was called by the insurance company of the university and told that she would lose her job if she gave her students unrecognized drugs.
1: And what do they classify as unrecognized drugs? Let, let, let's let just let our Pe- listeners pepper- know what we're talking peppermint about here. Tea. I'm sorry, say that again? Peppermint tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and th- she, you she know, said, this is what gosh, today's you show can... Can... is about. I mean, it's about really shining a light on what we've learned from ancient traditions that work. And don't you think there is a disparity across the country? For example, I have to tell you, I I feel so blessed living in the Pacific Northwest, in Seattle especially, the state of Washington, because before moving there, I had no idea of what alternate health care was, integrative health, functional health, which is studied uh, intensively at the University of Washington why is it there is this disparity in our country from point A from Washington State to Arizona
2: and not just from there to there in fact what we have and I lay a great deal of this at the feet of insurance is a healthcare system in which we treat people with drugs and surgical interventions And rather than truly teaching people what preventative medicine is, we offer them what I call spurious preventative medicine. Now, my book on breast health, it's breast cancer question mark, breast health exclamation point, The Wise Woman Way, came out more than 10 years ago. And in this book, I told women to avoid mammograms.
1: Did people think you were crazy when you wrote that book? I I have to ask that question. Certainly. We take take people like you for granted, I I have to tell you. You know, people that have been doing the work that you've been doing for 40 years, we kind of, you know, expect you to do it. But there's a journey that you've been on, and I want our listeners to know about this. Ten years ago, writing the book that you wrote, I mean, it was pretty much akin to being burned at the stake in Salem.
2: Well, one of my largest distributors refused to carry the book. And I actually had to give them a case of the book free and said, look, you know, sell it and you'll see. There will be a good response. I sent the chapter on what to do instead of mammograms to several MDs. That are friends, and they all sent the chapter back with a note saying, This is a dangerous thing. If there's a cancer in the breast, the woman could massage her breast with such pressure that she would break the cancer and spread it.
1: Well, and we're still I, and talking I wrote back about to them, that one, you know.
2: Have you ever had a mammogram? And how tight they pull those plates?
1: Yeah. I mean, okay. there's not even a comparison. And, you know, we're very grateful now to have things like thermography, which. You know, is being talked about extensively that, you know, as I said earlier, I come from a place where Dr. Nusheen Darvish, exclusively in the state of Washington, has one of the busiest practices with a, with a new technology called thermography, which is infrared reading, which is, goes beyond this. But the conversation- It does,
2: does, but it's not a panacea either.
1: It's not. One of my
2: students, a breastfeeding mom, went for a thermogram and you must know that throughout most of the United States you cannot get a thermogram no. unless you also have a mammogram.
1: Yeah, no, there's no question about it. So you can't just
2: get a thermogram. And she said, Look, I have a little infection brewing in my breast here. And the thermogram came back and there was a big red spot where that infection was and her doctor called her and said, You have cancer, you're gonna die.
1: Yeah. So let's and have she cancer what you and an I infection. are talking about today. Yeah. This is this is really sort of the conversation about health. Yes. There is the tools and the technology and then there is the, the expertise of the people that deliver it. That's where I think the biggest gap is right now. I mean you know, we're talking about the latest and the greatest and yet we don't have people uh trained and available to deliver even what you're talking about here today.
2: We do. We do, and those people are called mothers. And let's face it, the World Health Organization says over 90% of the healthcare that's given daily on this planet is given by women in their own homes.
1: But isn't that, isn't, isn't that old school? Isn't that what we grew up with? You know, I was sharing a story the other day. I grew up with an Italian grandmother. And oh my gosh, I don't ever remember really being sick as a kid. But I couldn't tell you why. It wasn't like she was bringing drugs out and giving it to us. But there was always a remedy. There was always a tea. There was always a soup. I mean, am I exaggerating this or do we need to get back to some of this?
2: Yes. You see, this is why I don't want to have herbal medicine or herbal medicine practitioners licensed in any way because then we start to think that it has to do with some arcane, difficult body of knowledge. In fact, Mm. herbal medicine is people's medicine, and children as young as three years old can use herbs that they can recognize and pick.
1: There is so much now out on the market, and we're going to talk about this today. I want to mention to all of you listening to the show uh, boy if you 've got any questions we 'd love to hear from you because this is a big conversation and we 've got we 've got a big expert joining us here today susan weed wise women's tradition uh, and what we 're talking about is we 're talking about how we can use some of these remedies remedies that work so that we can remain vibrant and healthy in our lives. I wanted to ask you, Susan, um, you know in your journey. Can you point to lessons you have learned along the way?
2: Well, I think one of the most important lessons that I've learned is that everything works.
1: That's a big lesson.
2: It is. And then so I no longer engage in that kind of conversation with people. If they say, well, I've used grapefruit seed extract and it works, I don't say to them, well, the studies show that grapefruit seed extract is completely useless, and the only ones that show any antimicrobial activity are those that are preserved with antimicrobial drugs.
1: Well, that's an interesting conversation. What's your rationale for not sharing that information with someone? Is it that, you know, that for some people some things work?
2: Everything works. Everything works, and it becomes argumentative with people, and they it it, they begin to feel that you're attacking them personally. I mean, the people who have cut me out of their life because I have told them that there's no study of any kind that shows that any human being has any
1: reaction to MSG. And they probably say, we're not calling her anymore. <laughs> right, and they say, well, I do. You know, And I say, well, you know, MSG is a naturally occurring compound
2: in the vast majority of fruits and vegetables.
1: And so you get faced with the notion of uh, being able to, to really set the path for guidance, create holistic health and well-being, and honor people at different points in time in their life. When we get back, we're going to hear more about this from Susan Weed, but... Which herbs are best for us? What can help us from getting a cold? But more importantly, what are some of the common foods that we need to keep in our kitchen? All of that when we return on the Dr. Pat show
0: go out and I, can't be seen. And I tried to swim again.
3: Or visit StressDetective.net.
0: Hi, I'm Jim Reed of MasterCard Worldwide. Join us in helping the March of Dimes fight for preemies. During the month of November, use your MasterCard card to make a donation to the March of Dimes, as MasterCard will be matching donations dollar for dollar up to a total MasterCard donation of $225,000. You can make a difference for a tiny baby. Support the March of Dimes in the fight for preemies. Log on to MarchofDimes.com backslash MasterCard help us help the march of dimes celebrate all babies
3: are you tired or struggling to get to where you want to be in your life want some help getting to that next level hi i'm dr melody ivory personal growth expert and passionate champion of your complete success i'm excited to give you powerful books teas and coaching to help you easily transform your life from the inside out, now is the time to make your life sing. Visit MelodyIvory.com for free articles, poetry, and affirmations. That's MelodyIvory.com.
0: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing all the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basili.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I want to mention that you can go to our website, www.thedrpatshow.com, or Dr. Pat Live. Take a look at the the gift page we've put up. We've got sponsors and guests sending us so many amazing holiday offerings. And even beyond that, um, you know, things to help us live life full out, tips, recipes, you name it. There's a natural way for us to be in this life and today's show is about that. We're getting old school right here with Wise Woman Tradition. We're getting old school with Susan Weed. And what I mean by that is we're getting back to the basics. But you know what? We don't even know what the basics are. What's a, what's an herbal infusion and how do we make our own herbal medicines and what is it we don't know? Well, I've got a million questions for Susan. The show should really be like three hours. But we're going to get right to it. Susan, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: And thank you for having me, Pat. I wish to offer all the listeners green blessings. And I hope if they have specific questions, they get in touch and we can see what we can do about
1: those. Well, I've got an instant message that came in, and I'm going to get right to that question. Because, okay. you know, whenever we start popping up instant messages, uh, it is the time to get things on the table. Um, a question from Sue Ellen and I think AL is Alabama Sue Ellen. Uh, Dr. Pat, listening to your show, heard so much about herbs and herbal remedies. I don't even know where to start. I mean, what do I look for? You know, this is so confusing. Wow, that says it all, doesn't it? It does. Let's break it down. Let's make it simple, Susan. Let's
2: make it simple. I divide herbs into four major categories. Herbs that are food-like. These would be things like watercress, garlic, dandelion, nettle, things that are actually used as foods and therefore can be used in any quantity and have no interactions with drugs or other things, so long as they're used in water bases. Tonifying herbs, which are kind of like exercise, and those are often used in tincture bases, or in vinegar bases, and they would be things like, rather than the dandelion leaf, the dandelion root. And they would be things like astragalus, echinacea, ginseng, a uh, lot of the really wonderful tonic herbs. Tonic herbs like exercise can be overdone, so we want to use generally small amounts, but in a regular, rhythmical way don't have to exercise every day, but we do have to do it regularly. That was one of the things my daughter and I found out about going to the gym, that it was better to go once a week for 20 minutes than never for an hour.
1: I get it. Right? I get it. That's yeah. like, It's exactly like radio. Yeah. It's about consistency and frequency. Yeah. And you get to call the frequency rate, but it's about consistency. It's about
2: being consistent. The third category is stimulating and sedating herbs, and these would be things like valerian and skullcap and cayenne and uh, caffeine, coffee, and tea. These are definitely important medicines, but they do stimulate or sedate us, and that causes an undercutting of our overall energy. And again, for safety's sake, I suggest that these stimulating, sedating herbs be taken in tinctures. I find that the most um, side effects and problems occur when people take herbs in capsules.
1: Got it. And so, so I suggest that people it's a liquid form.
2: It's a liquid form. It's in alcohol. And usually it's in a dropper bottle, and we use some drops of the tincture or extract of the herb. And then the final category is herbs that are potentially poisonous, like poke root or golden seal root or mistletoe or sundew. Herbs that are used for very specific reasons, like, for instance, people who are really battling periodontal disease, might want to use one drop of the poisonous plant blood root because it is a really strong killer of bacteria in the mouth.
1: Well, I remember when the movie Practical Magic came out with um, Nicole Kidman and uh, uh Sandra Bullock, right? Yeah. And I remember that movie, not because of the movie. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I remember the movie because of the drug, uh, what they called the drug belladonna, yes. which is an herb. And you remember how the movie focused around overdoing this herb to kill this this awful man. And, you know, it, we see th- and not only that, that same belladonna was again mentioned in another movie with Halle Berry. I mean... What is it that we love to do to sensationalize information like this? And how true is it of some of these herbs? Can you talk to that?
2: Well, somewhat. What I'd like to say is that the stimulating, sedating properties of the plants and the poisons in the plants is what gets our attention. The nourishing plants and the tonifying plants, we don't pay too much attention to. And with the stimulating, sedating, and potentially poisonous plants, the way that we tend to work with them goes like this. We work with the plant naturally. We figure out how to concentrate the power of the plant. Then we figure out what the active ingredient is. We extract the active ingredient and use it as a drug and then, if at all possible, we learn to synthesize that active ingredient and then sell the synthetic ingredient as a drug. Wow. That sounds so complicated.
1: That's not what my grandmother did. I
2: (laughs) often say that the the span of herbalism runs from naked people rolling in the plants to white-coated lab technicians preparing drugs.
1: And how did we get to that place along the way? And the reason I'm asking this question is because I I, I truly want to share some of what you've learned with our listeners and some of the things that they can incorporate into their lives right now. Just like you, you said about exercise, there's so many things we don't know about herbs. And then there's also now this confusion between what is an herb and what is a whole food. And I had this controversy on air the other day between maca root, And, you know, and talking about maca as uh, something other than a food, can you shine some light on this? Maca is a kind of turnip.
2: Yes. You could go right at your supermarket and you can buy rutabaga or turnips and you'll get much the same effect. You know, when my menopause, new menopausal years, the Wise Woman Way came out, somebody called me and said, oh, there's a typo here. And I said, well, it happens. I've got my pen. Where is it? She said, right here on this page, it says, eat foods without ingredients. And I said, I don't see the typo. She said, well, you didn't mean ingredients, did you? I said, well, yes, that's actually exactly what I mean. Right? So if I go to the store and I'm going to buy pasta, I don't want synthetic B vitamins in it. I want whole wheat pasta.
1: There you go, boy. So
2: when we eat food, the food should be non-processed. You don't buy maca roots, do you? You buy processed, dried, powdered maca root. So already we are several steps away from whole food.
1: In your experience, there are herbs that we've identified as being remedies for colds, for flus. And these are the things that I think you and I were referring to earlier, where if you're an MD and you say to someone, "Um, I think you should take some echinacea, wow, that's a whole nother conversation. I wanted to ask you, uh, because I want to talk about this, you know, as we move forward in the show, what is it that we should know about care and the use of herbs, especially in this season we're in right now?
2: Well, at the risk of being boring, let me repeat the most important information about staying healthy in terms of colds and flus. Wash your hands. There was a cold and flu research center in England, and they did all the things your mother told you not to do. They had people cough in each other's faces when they had a cold or a flu. They sent them outside with wet hair to see if they could get a cold. They sent them outside with wet underwear, with no underwear. All, you know, all the things that we've been told will give you a cold or the flu. And they weren't able, despite exposing these people to the causative viruses, to get them to get sick. The most effective thing to give everybody a cold or everybody the flu was to play cards. I get that. turns out that the viruses that cause colds and flus are passed from hand to hand and then from hand to eye. And the immune system in the material around the eye is just not as strong as the immune system activity in the nose and the mouth. So, washing your hands, as boring as it is, is really the key here. And it does not need to be an antibacterial hand soap because we're not talking about bacteria. We're talking about viruses. In fact, what's going to clear those viruses from your hands is hot water and brisk rubbing. You don't even need soap if you don't want to use it.
1: And that's really a distinction we don't make. That's, you know, that's we're, we're so now at the hand sanitizer society right now you and know I that, see people right? put a squirt of of on at the airports at the grocery stores yes. in many many places i see people put a squirt of it on and there's no
2: friction and the friction is what gets rid of the bacteria and the viral particles
1: and we don't even know that do?
2: <laughs> so do very think? very simple things the next most important thing yes. in terms of staying healthy through the winter is to eat sauerkraut
1: Let's hold that thought for when we come back from break because I want to talk about some of the foods um, that, uh, you know, help us avoid the flu and why sauerkraut anyway. And, you know, this is uh, so much for us to talk about. We're going to share some insight into some of the herbs you should know about, uh, what's on Susan's top list, and what we can know as we move forward into this, what some people call, this wintry season, the season I love so much. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show and my very special guest, Susan Wee. We'll be right back.
4: How would you like increased health and vitality?
3: Products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
4: Living your life to the max means that you can have everything you want. Empowerment Psychic, Linda Dickinson can show you where you're headed and teach you how to change your future. Linda will share with you the messages of those who have passed before you. For a private session, visit InMyFuture.com or call 800-206-9096. Listen to Linda Dickinson on The Dr. Pat Show. Call in and hear how you can be the producer, director, and lead in your life. Today is the day to start living your life to the max.
0: Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basilli. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basilli.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the show. What a great show today with my very special guest, Susan Weed. Susan, before we begin, please give out some information on your website. Let our listeners know what kinds of things are going on in your world.
2: Certainly. and My website is SusanWeed.com. Now, when I spell Susan... I spell it with sun, so it's S-U-S-U-N. And weed, of course, like what you don't want in your garden, although I want them in mine. My daughter, however, being brilliant, bought both Susanweed and Susanweed.com. So however you spell Susan, you should get to our award-winning website. It's over 2,000 pages. And yes, there's an internal search engine. All of our e-zines, which um, you can subscribe to for free, which come out every two weeks, are archived there, and you can go and search those for answers to your questions. And we also have a live forum, and you can go to the forum. And you can post questions and women that I've trained or who've studied with me are there to moderate and to help you connect with others and to find wise woman ways to solve your problems. Simple, safe ways to nourish the wholeness of your unique being.
1: Well, and we're just, we're just really scratching the surface with Susan here today. I wanted to get to sort of the conversation about uh um, herbs and you know what's on the top of your list but before we do that you know you mentioned that one of the things we should eat is sauerkraut i want sauerkraut. To know more about
2: that. i'm a big fan of fermented foods one of the reasons that people all over the world ferment foods is that the fermentation process causes vitamins to be produced in the food So if you take cabbage and salt it and turn it into sauerkraut, it will have ten times more vitamin C than the raw cabbage has.
1: No kidding.
2: And so this is one of the reasons why people all over the world ferment their cabbage. In um, Indonesia, it's called kimchi rather than sauerkraut. But it's the same idea. You're just fermenting um, cabbage and other vegetables to up the amount of real vitamin C. And here I think we have um, kind of a clear pathway into explaining something that I think is confusing to people. Okay. You know, I mentioned before that what we do is we kind of... Get a sense of what's happening, like people used to die of scurvy. And then they said, oh, that's lack of vitamin C. And limes and citrus roots have this and will prevent it. And then they went into those citrus roots to say, what is this stuff, you know, that's preventing scurvy? And they said, oh, it's vitamin C. And they said, well, what's the most active part of vitamin C? There's over a 100 compounds that make up natural vitamin C. The most active one is ascorbic acid. So many people, when they're dealing with colds or flus, will go out and buy a bottle of ascorbic acid, which is labeled vitamin C, and think that they're taking vitamin C.
1: Well, I think we all think that pretty much. Yes. But they're not, are they? No.
2: They're simply no. taking one out of a 100 compounds that work together synergistically to maintain and improve health. So when we're eating sauerkraut, we're getting all 100 of those cofactors. When we're taking a pill, we're getting one thing, and you know as well as I know that the human body doesn't have much need for ascorbic acid and usually eliminates it through the kidneys within 15 minutes of ingesting it.
1: Exactly, exactly. And that's a good thing, so to speak. Right, because you can't really use that ascorbic acid. But
2: somehow this you know, myth has arisen that vitamin C, a.k.a. ascorbic acid, will help shorten the length of colds or flus. And, again, we're just not getting any good studies that show that unless people are actually eating foods that are naturally rich in vitamin C. Now, I'm going to tell you another good source of vitamin C in the winter, and I hope you're sitting down. Okay, I am. Baked potato.
1: Well, that's that makes sense to
2: me. That's right up my alley. And again, the same mechanism. The potato thinks it's sprouting when it gets hot, and it starts making copious amounts of vitamin C. Now, the trick here is you can't poke your potato. You have to wrap it up in foil and bake it or put some oil on the outside and bake it, but it has to be whole and intact.
1: Now, that is also, are we talking white or are we talking... Um, sweet potatoes, or it doesn't matter.
2: It doesn't matter, any kind of potato. Baked whole. Not yeah, cut, and
1: so what you're saying cut. is you have to heat it up, not the same as steaming any of this or boiling. So I just want to well, clear can with everybody. you actually
2: create vitamin C in regular potatoes by boiling them. Yeah, got it. But better if you soak them for an hour or two in cold water first and then boil them, and you'll get much more vitamin C.
1: And, you know, think I think about, you know, what I said earlier about my grandmother – you know, we watched our grandparents do that. We've watched them soak potatoes. Correct. For an hour. And, and then
2: we, and then we've been told, oh, well, that's pointless. Don't do that.
1: That's it. And, but there you was know, a real and, and reason for To this for day, it. we still soak the white. We're getting ready for the holidays. We're going to be soaking these potatoes. That's right. We don't know why as kids we're doing that.
2: Uh, but now, now we, we do. know it's because it, it promotes the production of vitamin C in the potato, So when I think I might be getting a cold or a flu, one of the very first things that I reach for is a plant that's common all across the world, elder. and the botanical name is Sambucus. I want to tell you just a little story about this plant.
1: Please do, because I think many of our listeners have not heard about it, and I think it's great if we can talk about it.
2: Everywhere that elder grows, which is all through the temperate regions, it's said that that there is a woman, a wise old woman, who lives in the elder tree. And it's kind of a smallish tree. It rarely gets more than 20 feet. And that if you go and take some of the elder without her permission, she'll actually strike you down and make you sick. But that if you go and talk to her, we talk to Elda Moore in the elder tree that she will give you the medicine you need to become healthy. Modern scientific studies looking at elderberries find them to be one of the most active antivirals that we've ever seen. And so this is very different than an antibiotic, which really deals with bacteria. Again, remembering colds and flus are viral organisms, not bacterial organisms. So things like echinacea, a wonderful herb, are not really directly useful when we're dealing with colds and flus.
1: And I think that's a myth. I think that's something we don't really know about. Well, I think that... um,
2: most of us haven't been given very much information about our no, immune system. No, because
1: we popularized Echinacea. We we really did. You know, we, we as you were saying earlier, we have, you know, made it into a mainstream product line for many companies, whether they're herbal companies, excuse me, the supplemental companies, or whether they're tea companies. We've really taken this to a mainstream level. I just, what is the effectiveness in that form?
2: Well, the immune system is basically divided into two parts. Innate immunity and acquired immunity. Innate immunity, like it says, is immunity we're born with. And that's our ability to deal with bacterial infections. So, In utero, we can deal with bacterial infections, and we have that innate immune system from the moment we're born. Acquired immunity is immunity that we actually have to get. We have to acquire it. And so the innate part of the immune system deals with bacterial infections, and the acquired part deals with viral infections. I was just reading that by the time you get to your 60s, it's much harder for you to get a cold because your acquired immune system has seen so many colds at that point that you actually have acquired immunity to many forms of rhinovirus, whereas as any parent of a small child will tell you, in the first six years of your life, you're going to get every cold that comes along. So... The acquired immune system and the innate immune system, when one is up, the other's down. So if the acquired immune system is struggling with a viral infection, then the innate immune system is not going to be doing its job very well, and it's easy, as anyone who's ever had a cold can tell you, to get an associated bacterial infection. So you start out with a cold, the next thing you know you have bronchitis or sinusitis or strep throat or some bacterial infection that has gotten in while your body's been dealing with the cold. And this is where echinacea is so effective and
1: important. Okay, so for many people listening to the show, uh, if you've gone along that path uh, and you're now in the stage of some kind of sinus infection, and that's what we're talking about, and you've gone along the route, there's something that people can do right now to get some relief.
2: Right now to help deal with killing the bacteria, and that is definitely the root of echinacea in alcohol.
1: Okay, so it's one of my herbal form friends, that we want to look for.
2: Yeah, one of my herbal friends, um, Ed Smith, whose product line is Herb Farms, says if Echinacea isn't killing the infection you have. There's only two things that could be going on. One, the product you have is not sufficiently strong. Or two, you're not taking enough. And I find that the second is especially true. A sufficient dose of echinacea is a dropper full for every 50 pounds of body weight. So a 150-pound person would take three dropperfuls.
1: Yeah, we, we're not taking enough of that.
2: not taking enough. No, I mean,
1: that, I, I mean, how many people do you know know to do that that way? I, I mean, none of my friends. I mean, they drop what? Maybe like, you know, four drops in a glass of water and call it a day. <laughs> right.
2: And that dose, depending on the severity of the infection, can right. be taken as frequently as every hour. In fact, I encourage people to make their own echinacea tincture. It's so simple. I can tell you how to do it.
1: Can we talk about that when we come back from break?
2: Sure we can. Can you give us
1: some tips? Wow. What a great show, Susan. we joining us here today. When we come back, we're going to give you some tips about making your own echinacea. But more importantly, we're going to talk about the wise woman way when we come back and, and why that's different from wise woman tradition. But more importantly... We want to make sure you have resources so that you can get the health and wellness you need. We'll be right back with the show.
5: Are you tired of being overweight and nothing you try can get you to lose the weight and keep it off? What if there was a way to lose the weight that didn't involve dieting, buying other people's food, counting points, or having risky surgery? I'm Cheryl Manchester from Positive Changes Hypnosis to share some successes from people just like you. Janine Crosby lost 89 pounds in 10 months. Brenda Eckel lost 75 pounds and went from a size 22 to a size 8. She is completely free from her insulin for diabetes. Becky Miller lost 65 pounds and went from a size 18 to a 6. Bill Birdsong lost 105 pounds and a total of 14 inches off his waist. His pant size went from a 50 to a 36. Make a lasting change in your life. Call Positive Changes in Bellevue at 888-888. 311-7157 to schedule a free consultation. That number again is 888-311-7157.
0: Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program, here's Dr. Pat Basile.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Boy, we're running out of time here, and there's so much I want to talk with Susan Weed about. But for more information, like she said, award-winning website, lots of ways to get connected, educated, and informed Go to SusanWeed.com, that's susun com, and check it out. Uh, Susan, thank you so much for joining us here today. I want to, uh, kind of finish up our conversation about, uh, about herbs, and then talk about y- y- th- th- what we were referring to before as wise woman tradition, uh, also called wise woman way. But let's talk about how do we make our own echinacea. You said that we could do that, and I don't think most people know that.
2: You can go to any store that sells herbs and buy four ounces of dried echinacea root. And you want echinacea augustifolia. And you put that into a quart jar, fill the jar to the top with 100-proof vodka, Put a lid on it, label it, and it's ready to use. Mm, I usually let it sit for six to eight weeks. Got Actually, To tell you the truth, I like to make mine far enough in a, a head that it's been sitting for a year before I use it, but it will be effective even within six to eight weeks. You'll have made a quart. Or about thirty ounces of echinacea tincture, and for most people that costs less than forty dollars. So you're making your echinacea tincture for about a dollar an ounce. The usual store price now is running ten to twelve dollars an ounce. Exactly. It's one of the reasons people don't take enough because it seems expensive. So for it does.
1: I mean, because we're talking about a couple of bottles,
2: you get thirty bottles worth.
1: Well, I think it's time to start making it for ourselves. Yeah. That's definitely easy, that easy to
2: do. And you can go to my website and look up a YouTube of me doing this.
1: Excellent. Let's there make sure we do that. Yeah. Um, I and love what we're talking about. I go old school and I refer to my grand grandmother. And, and I have to tell you, one of the best remedies that I've come across for cold is, you know, grandma's Italian soup. And go. it's basic chicken soup, loaded with garlic, loaded with parsley, uh, fresh, and, uh, white meat chicken, and pastini, little pastinis, and- And cooked. And cooked, <laughs> cooked, cooked. Cooked. <laughs> cooked for hours. Yes. And so my question then is, out of what you're doing, what can we share with our listeners in terms of foods besides sauerkraut, that they should be putting on their table right now?
2: Well, I think that those soups are a wonderful way to go. We always have a pot of soup bubbling in the winter time, And garlic is certainly an excellent immune system helper to put in those soups. And interestingly enough, the dried, granulated garlic that you can buy is just as good as fresh garlic. You don't have to mess with the fresh if you don't like it. All those wonderful green things that your grandmother put in the soup, celery and parsley, those are all marvelous things to put in your soups. And and
1: generous amounts, I will say.
2: We made a pumpkin kale soup the other day which was just magnificently yummy. Seaweeds are another green that really builds immune system response. And most people don't like the somewhat fishy taste of seaweeds, and I find that if they put them in soups and cook them for a long time, that fishy taste dissipates, and they get all the good of the seaweed built right into their soup. Love it. There's an herb that comes from china but is being grown in the united states and i wouldn't use it until it started being grown in the united states and it goes by the name of astragalus or astragalus you'll hear both pronunciations and it is an immune system nourisher not an immune system stimulant it simply nourishes the immune system and it's ideal put into soups it has a sweet, ever-so-slightly smoky taste, and really adds to the soups.
1: How I would also, you spell that I also that like to throw listeners.
2: into my soups the roots of what used to be called Siberian ginseng and is now more often referred to by its botanical name Eleutherococcus. Mm. Both roots are just magnificent in soups. You can also frequently at this time of the year find at your health food store burdock root and fresh burdock root put into your soup is marvelous the other two roots the astragalus root and the siberian ginseng will be dried and if you buy them cut up i usually put them in like a a jelly bag or the kind of bag you'd put bouquet garni in so that you can pull them back out of the soup because they're hard and woody and you can't actually eat them
1: okay in all of this when we refer to the immune system i've got to ask you a quick question sure um A lot of conversation about autoimmune disease, and the questions keep coming up on my instant message here. When you refer to immune system health, are you referring to combating autoimmune-type illness? Great question.
2: Well, autoimmune-type illness is very specifically um, loneliness. You know, we have created a whole host of diseases by cleanliness. And you wanted to ask a little bit about the wise woman tradition.
1: I wanted to, I would I, love for you yeah, to talk, I talk about, that. about the
2: three traditions. The scientific tradition, which measures and fixes the definition of health in the scientific tradition, is the absence of disease. The second tradition is the heroic tradition. Most people think of it as alternative medicine. The heroic tradition focuses on cleansing toxins out of our bodies, and the heroic tradition says, you're totally in charge. Anything that happens to you, it's your fault. The wise woman tradition is the third tradition, and the wise woman tradition nourishes the unique wholeness of each individual. We do not recognize toxins at all. On this planet, there is one rule. I eat you, and you eat me. Nothing Hmm. is toxic. Nothing is anything other than food. And I believe that we harm ourselves, sometimes to the point of fatality or needed surgery, by trying to cleanse. I know literally hundreds of people who have lost their gallbladder to emergency surgery because they did herbal cleanses. So we're really
1: talking about building a strong foundation. And, you know, that's, you know, the approach that you're taking, especially when we're talking about, you know, wise women, um, is really an integrated approach in many ways, isn't it?
2: It is absolutely an integrated approach. And I don't call it the wise woman's tradition or the wise women tradition because I want to include M-A-N. So, M-A-N is included in woman. No one should feel left out.
1: And that's what today's show is about. Boy, I want to thank you so much for joining us, Susan. What a great show. There's so much more I could talk with you about, but everybody listening, go to SusanWeed.com. Lots of information and much more. Everybody out there, know that you have the right to have the best li- best lives ever and the best health in those lives. So let's make it happen together. We'll see you next time on the Dr. Pat
0: Show. Listening to the Doctor Pat Show, Radio to Thrive By. To contact Dr. Pat, visit the Tune in
5: for another dynamic hour of the Doctor Pat Show with Dr. Pat Vasilli.